No big deal. Scared of me. I thought she was on the list. She is. She's on. Okay, but I don't have the list. All right, Luke chapter twelve. Luke chapter twelve. Luke chapter 12. Alright, Luke chapter 12. Alright, hey, so I asked for you guys as a, as a request what lesson y'all wanted to do. I had some, some people who sent some things in to me. I just went ahead and went with the route of this question, how to uh, trust in God in difficult times. That was the lesson that we decided to go with. I appreciate those who submitted other ones too. Uh, it really helps me out for sure because I wanted to teach something tonight that you guys wanted. But how to trust God in difficult times. I was going to open up with a question. In general, do people trust God? No. No? Okay. Well, we agree with no. In general, people don't trust God. Okay, good, good. Now, now I ask the, the follow-up question. Give me an example that you know that the world does not trust God or the general person does not trust God. Give me an example, maybe a daily example of how you have made that assumption. Like if something doesn't go their way, they start like freaking out trying to fix it all on their own. Okay, good. All right, when something goes to go their way, they try to fix it on their own. Good, another reason. I mean, there's really not much. A lot of people say, Okay, all right. Because people say, why are bad things happening? That's why I don't trust God. What's another reason? What's another reason? Okay, good. Fair enough. So again, if if we are assuming that the general person typically does not trust in God, what do they trust in? Themselves. Okay, good. Good, good. Okay, so they, they trust in themselves. They put their trust in anything other than God. Is that not a fair statement to make? Okay, good. So now if we understand that everyone trusts in someone, whether it's themselves, someone else, or God, everyone trusts in something. Okay, so now it's very important. Why would you choose to trust God? Okay, now if you have no idea who God is, why would you trust Him? You want it. So the only way that you, if you're saying you're a born-again believer, trust God is because you have some knowledge of who He is. So the question I have for you is, if you're having trouble trusting God, do you really know who God is? Do you really know what He stands for? Do you really know His characteristics? Yes, I trust God, but I don't know who He is. I'm going to read in Psalm. You don't have to be there because it's in Psalms, but you're going to be in a, in a different passage in Luke. But in Psalm 139, it says, Oh Lord, You have searched me and You've known me. You know it's my down-sitting and mine uprising. You understandeth my thought afar off. You compasseth my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. What is he saying? God, you know everything. Well, now, when you were younger and maybe you were like me and you got, maybe it was around Christmas time and you got a bike for the first time. And your mom or your older brother had to teach you how to ride a bike. You know, how did it start? You know, maybe training wheels or maybe if you're, you had jerk brothers like mine, you know, you just went straight to the two-wheeler and it was a bunch of failures, okay? But you had to learn to ride a bike. Another thing, you know, a lot of y'all are playing soccer for the first time this year. You are learning the sport. Zach is trying really hard to teach Zoe the sport because she just doesn't know just yet. Is that right, Zoe? Okay, Zach, okay, good, good. But Zoe is having to learn the sport. You had to learn the sport that you play with. You know God has never learned anything. 
God has never learned anything. He has never taken counsel from man. He's never taken advice from anyone. God is sovereign and has known all. So when you are saying you trust in someone else on this earth or you trust in yourself, you realize you are trusting in someone that had to learn the ride of bike. And no matter how smart they were, how wise you think they are, they had to learn to be potty trained. And we'll put our trust in someone like that and we'll neglect the one who knows all. So again, in Psalm, he says, you know us, my understanding, my thought afar off, you can pass in my path. Verse number four, for, for there is not a word in my tongue, but, O oh Lord, you know it all together. Verse number five, you have beset behind me and before me and have laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Again, there is nothing that God has been taught. Why is that so important? Because a lot of times we choose what we want to do with our life and stamp God's approval on it. Is that not fair? Do we not do that? When we know the right words to say, yes, I trust in God, but I don't even know who God is. I don't know what he stands for. And if you look at my life, my life has no reflection of who God is. How can you say you trust him? Is that fair? Okay, good. So how do we trust God in difficult times? Well, one, you've got to know who God is. You've got to know who God is. You've got to know who God, what God stands for. Do you really believe that God is sovereign? Do you really believe there's nothing that takes God by surprise? You know, God has never been surprised. Why do bad things happen? God's not surprised. God's allowed it. God's permitted it. Is that not fair? Okay, good. All right, so, all right, so we got to understand who God is. Now we're going to flip to the passage that, that you guys were at, Luke chapter 12. Now what was the verse I gave y'all? Was it 13? Did I give y'all the verse? Luke chapter 12, it's going to be in verse number 13. Okay, good. Luke chapter 12. Is this good groundwork so far? Yes, sir. Okay, understanding who God is. How can you trust in someone you don't know? You can't, okay? So good, verse number 13. Let's go ahead and read it, Elise. Are you there? Yeah. Okay. Someone from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my tell to divide the inheritance with me. All right, so if, uh, go ahead and read verse number 14 also. Friend, he said to him, Who appointed me a judge or an interpreter over you? So as Jesus is teaching, as Jesus is addressing these group of people, a man comes up to Jesus and he asks them, ask him a question. What was the question? What's the question? Why is he talking about inheritance and why is he talking about dividing it? What is an inheritance? It's a possession. It's a material. Right? So how are you, how are you supposed to divide the material? Why is this interesting? A lot of times the rabbi or the teacher of that time could make a call on how they would split up inheritance. So when the man is addressing Jesus, he's addressing Jesus as a rabbi hoping what he would say would be the final word. Okay? Now, why is he bringing this up at this time? We're going to find out. Verse number 15. Again, what is Jesus' response? Who made me a, ju- or a judge divider over you? Verse number 15. Go ahead and read it, Katie. Then he said, beware. Guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Whoa. Did y'all know this is in the Scriptures? That's like straightforward. What did Jesus just tell him? Don't be greedy. Hey, don't be greedy. Hey, how to trust in God in difficult times? You can't pick and choose when to trust God with your life. We are hitting peak gift card season. Do y'all not know that? It is slowly approaching you. Christmas Day, you are going to get so many different gift cards leading up to it, right? It's like the catch-all gift. 
You don't know what to get someone, get a gift card. Now, the part that is so interesting about a gift card is, let's say, for instance, because Callie loves gift cards. Callie, how many gift cards do you have? At least 20 gift cards over the years. They are just accumulating, okay? I'm telling you, peak gift card season. When you get a gift card this season, please think about this time, okay? All right, think about, think about. I, I, I called it, all right? I called it. Callie, Callie gets a gift card, let's say, to Walmart. She's got $50. What's she going to do with that gift card? She's going to go into the store and she's going to pick and choose what she wants with that $50. Hey, the gift of Jesus dying on the cross for your sins is not for you to pick and choose how, what you want to do with it. And if you want to call him just Savior and not Lord... You don't got them at all. <clears throat> Trusting as God is not a gift card. You can't pick and choose when to do it. Why is that important? Because the question that was even asked, how do we trust God in difficult times? Was it any different than trusting God in the simple times? Is it any different than trusting God in the easy times? Do you know why for us as humans we like to put easy times and difficult times? Because we based our trust in feelings. We based our trust in circumstances. And when we feel like trusting God, we'll trust in Him like crazy. But when we don't really feel like it, we find our trust in other things. Is that not fair to say? Straight up, right? So good. Okay, good. So we're laying the groundwork. I like this. The next verse in the passage, I believe, is verse number 16. And it is a parable that Jesus is going to give the audience. And it's great because the man came up with a question, and now Jesus is getting addressed to the audience. In this great truth. Ella, would you like to read verse number 16? And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. All right, so there was a certain what type of man? Rich. Rich man, which means he had what? Money. Money, materials, wealth. Now, I might not, we don't have to get too far into it, but can you already, can you help me or tell me? What do you think this man trusts in? If he has wealth? Material. Material. Money. Okay. Now, just because you're rich doesn't mean you can't be right with God. All right? I think that's fair. But we'll keep going. Verse number 17. So we're going to see the issue at hand. Uh, Kate? Uh, 17 for me. I thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my property. Alright, again, so he thought within himself, what shall I do because I have no room to bestow my fruits. When we read this parable, I want you to identify how many times this guy says I and my and whatever this person owns. If you want to identify if you trust God or not, check yourself throughout the day and see how many times you say me, my, I. Remember, you guys said if you're not really trusting in God, who are you trusting in? Yourself, your judgment, your call, who you choose to trust. How many of y'all, your friends, have seen the changes you've grown up? Your friend in preschool, if you're very lucky, maybe you're still friends with them, but you know, it's, it changes, right? And why does it change? I don't know, maybe there's a level of trust, maybe there's something that, that goes along with it. But what happens when you lose that trust with a friend? It's kind of hard to get back, right? It's kind of hard to get back to that point. So then, what do you do? You, you change your judgment on who you want to trust. You no longer trust them like you used to, and so you move to someone else and you trust them. Is that not fair? Okay, good. So we're going to see the eyes, verse number 18. Uh, Cole? Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build and there I will store my surplus rain. So this is a certain parable of a rich man, and what is he going to do? Tear down his barns and build 
and build a bigger one. Take it down, build a bigger one. Why? Verse number 19. Kyle? And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Okay, now this is crazy if you think about it. This man, his, his, what is he doing? What is he basically doing with this whole parable? I, 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 and he tears down the barn, and what does he store in the barn? Grain. Grain, and how much grain does he have? A lot. A lot. What would you say? He has confidence in what? Himself. Himself, grain. materials, his hard work. I mean, he's done it all. I, 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 me, me, me. And in response to him saying me, 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 and I, 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 what does he say he's going to do and how he's going to live his life? Eat, drink, and be merry. Why is that so interesting? I'm going to do what I want with my life. How do you describe every American? I want to do what I want with my life. And no one's going to tell me what I can and can't do. It's human nature to do what you want. And you're not special chasing the dream that you think you have if it's selfish. Everyone's doing the same thing. Everyone's chasing their own dream. This man had a dream to be rich, to have reserves, and to hit a point in his life where he thinks he could eat, drink, and be merry and not worry about anything. Why? Because he trusted in materials. He trusted in this world. And I think verse number 820 is very scary. But God said unto him, Thou fool. You realize when it says fool in Scripture, it's like a high insult. Like it's almost no lower you can get as than a fool. Do you know what a fool is? A dummy? I mean, what, what, is, what is a fool? Bella. What is it? Bella. Well, that's wrong. I don't know. Is that true? Yeah, sure. Oh, that's rough. Fool. What's a fool? A dummy. You said Can we get off a dumb? Is that what y'all just saying? A fool is just someone who's dumb? I'm confused. I'm confused because he's got a lot of wealth. He's succeeding in life. Okay, all right. That's crazy. All right, you fool. All right, you fool. We gotta we gotta extend the vocabulary a little bit. All right. Okay. No, no, that's wrong too. Fool. All right, whatever. All right. So he says, but he said unto him, "You fool." This is interesting. He says, "This night, tonight, thy soul shall be required of thee." And here's the part that would hit hard to the man who asked the question about how should we split the inheritance. He says, you fool, your soul will be required of thee tonight. So those things be, hast thou as provided, who will they belong to? What is he saying? What did it matter? What did it matter to the trust in this world? What did it matter to the trust in material things? What did it matter to trust in yourself? Now he asks the question, tonight your soul will be required of thee. What is he saying? He's gonna die. He's gonna die. And when you stand in judgment, it doesn't matter how much money you have, it doesn't matter what things um, in this life that you've accumulated, it doesn't matter how many trophies you got, how many degrees you got, how much you got paid at your job. When your soul is required of thee. That's all you'll stand with. 
And what are you going to do with that soul? Because you have two options. Trust in the world, trust in yourself, or trust in God. <coughs> now, if you can't pick and choose when to trust God, and you can't trust God if you don't know who He is, and you gave me examples of what it looks like for the general person to not trust in God, what makes your life look like you do? Does your life even look like you trust in God? This man chased after material things. I'm pretty sure every single one of y'all has some sort of drive for some material thing. Some ambition, some dream. Do you trust God? And then can you give an example of how you do? Can anyone in this room give an example of how they trust God? How do you trust God? Through every time of life. Through every time of life? Ups and downs. Ups and downs? And how do you do it? You pray to Him first. You go to Him first. So here's what I want. This is good. So you pray to Him first, ups and downs. What's another one? You give everything to Him. You give everything to Him? Okay, what's another one? Making decisions. Decisions? Spend time with Him and His Word. Spend time with Him and His Word. Trust that He'll provide for you. Trust that He'll provide for you. Read your Bible. Oh, now here we go. Now, now let's back it up. Now let's back it up. So we know what we think it should look like to trust in God. Now give me an example of how you experience trusting in Him. From what stuff? From when? Do you have a specific time where you remember trusting in God through a situation? And it really should make you tremble in your, in your, your knees because you're like, I, I really can't think about it. Because we don't trust God. Can we just be real? If we really boiled it all down and we asked ourselves a true question, do we trust God? In reality, we don't because we don't know who He is and we pick and choose when we want to. And in turn... Sum it all up, I will trust in Him only when I feel like it. You're not always going to feel like it. But you trust God because you know who He is. You will change, and you will change, and you will continue to change. And if you're basing on whether you're going to trust God when you feel like it, I can assure you the day will come when you won't feel like trusting in God. Do you know why some of y'all struggle with the thought of, I got saved a while back and I was on fire for the Lord? It's because you trusted in a feeling. You pick and chose when you wanted to trust in God. And when the feeling left, you fell away because guess what? You don't feel like it anymore. And now when you have a choice, you don't choose to. And you do all those things because you don't even know who He is. Because if you knew who He is, and you knew how insignificant you are, you would not continue to chase everything that you want. The question was how to trust God in difficult times. The same way you trust Him every time. And then back it up even more. Do I even trust God at all? Okay, is, is that not fair? 
experience that you had where you trusted in God. And if you can't, I really want you to think about it. And then maybe just ask yourself a true, genuine question. Do I really trust Him? I want to hit on that thing with the, with the feelings. Does that, does that make sense? Do y'all know what I'm talking about? When you feel like trusting God, you do it all out. And then there's some days you wake up and you don't feel like it. I, am, are you not human? Like, I'm human. I wake up some days and I'm like, God, I, I don't know why today, but I'm just really not feeling like trusting you. Do y'all not have that? But just because I feel one way doesn't mean I act that way. Are, are y'all, is that not fair? Someone can make me mad, but that doesn't give me a right to punch them. It doesn't give me the right to chokehold them. So why don't I do that? Because I know it is not right to retaliate based off of what God's word says, turn the other cheek. So although I feel like doing something, I refrain because I know it's not right. So how do you trust God when you don't feel like it? You rest and know who he is. Is that not fair? So again, if you're having trouble in that area of trusting God, when you don't feel like it, you need to ask yourself these questions. Who is God when I don't feel like trusting in Him? Still God! Who is God when I don't feel like giving my life and giving my all today? He's still God! Who is God even when I don't feel like doing anything for Him? He's still God. And then I put my boots on, I put my shirt on, and I live my life for Him. But if I rest solely on feeling and trusting in God when I feel like it, hey, no wonder nobody wants to go to church. Jack can look like he's serving Christ one day and the next day he's in a rotten attitude. Did it really matter if he served God the first day? No, because everyone's going to reference that bad day. Right? I'm not gonna, we're not going to flip there, but in Exodus, do you all remember when they, when they left out of uh, Egypt? This is going to be the last point we make, so oh, we're great on time. Is this not answering the question of how to trust God in a difficult time? Okay. The, the thing that I want you to understand is this is a basic, simple, biblical truth in all churches, yet it is rarely practiced. Is that, not, is that, is that fair? It is a basic, simple, biblical truth that is rarely practiced, and I'm going to even say it even, even farther, it's rarely practiced in America. You go to a different country and someone gives their life to Christ, they solely depend on Christ. And you know what they want to do? They want to come to America and tell them what true Christianity looks like. Because how can they be Christians? When they chase all those things, they live the way that they live. Okay, good, good. So the... Israelites, they leave Egypt, right? Remember, they're in bondage. And Moses comes back and he's escorting them out. They saw the ten plagues. Everyone knew who God was. Y'all do realize that? There was not an Egyptian. There was not a Hebrew. There wasn't a Pharaoh who didn't know who God was. Is that not fair? The ten plagues. So they exodus out of Egypt. They cross the Red Sea and it parts. They see these miracle works of God and then they get into the wilderness and what do the Israelites say? I don't feel like serving you anymore. 
serving you when we were exiting Egypt, when we were leaving slavery, when the seas were parts and the chariots were coming. But when I'm on the other side and you're asking me for spiritual discipline to serve you even when I don't see you work in the same way, I choose not to. Because I don't feel like it. We're hungry. What did Jesus do? What did God do? He had manna rain down from heaven. And how much manna did he let rain down from heaven? Enough for the day. Enough for the day. Why is that important? Because he was proven what he said in Deuteronomy, man shall not live by bread alone. I will provide your basic needs. Stop asking and worrying why you're hungry. Because even when a sparrow dies, I know. There's not a hair on your head that I haven't identified. And yet you're wondering why you're hungry. Why is that important for you? Because it's manna. What's the big deal? I don't really know the way you grew up. But I know for me, I never questioned whether I would have food or not. Now, the way that I was frustrated growing up was whether I had to eat Cheerios or a hamburger, okay? That was the most annoyed I got because I would rather a hamburger, and Mom says it's cereal night, okay? I'm sorry, does that not happen at y'all's house? Does y'all not have cereal nights? Those are tough, those are tough. I actually love cereal, but that's okay. Um, so it was, it was never a problem for me, it was just for example. Okay, good. So the worst problem I had growing up was picking between two different types of food. What was the Israelites' option? God or nothing. God or nothing. God or nothing. God or nothing. Ask yourself the question, is your life God or nothing? How you need to ask that? Hey, what happens if your boyfriend or girlfriend broke up with you? What happens if that career you wanted to do doesn't work out? What happens if you start failing in school? What happens when sports don't go your way? What happens when sports ends? And your world crumbles. Do you know why it crumbles? Because you weren't trusting in God. But he broke up with me. God knew. But I failed. God knew. But when my season ended, God knew. When I didn't succeed, God knew. But what do we do? He took it from me. Do you know why God takes things from you? Because guess what? Hey, your soul was required tonight. And that thing you've been so possessed with won't even be there with you. It won't be there! So you're sulking about me taking something away when the first time you're starting to realize I did chase after it. I did love it so much. And if it were to be taken away, my world would crumble and fall. Your soul is required of you. It won't stand with you. Why are you crying? Why are you sulking? And it, this is the part that's crazy. God never says as a Christian, don't have emotion. If you're trying, if I'm trying to, if you're thinking I'm telling you you should be an emotionless Christian, I am not. But I am saying, don't be a Christian that's based on your emotions. Your emotions will change. And you will be sad. But you should never be depressed. Y'all, y'all get what I'm trying to say? You should be angry, but you should never hate. Not saying angry, but there's going to be a moment where you're going to be angry. You don't hate, okay? You don't retaliate. Are y'all, tr- are y'all following what I'm trying to say? 
So we go back to the question as we go to close it out. Can you give me an example of how you've trusted God and experience? Because here's the part that's scary. And I'm going to tell you it's very, very scary. We know the answers, but rarely experience it. We know the answers, but rarely experience it. How did you trust in God this week? And did you experience it? You can't live your life and stamp that you trust God and live for the world. You can't say you trust God and cry and crumble every time something goes wrong in your life. You can't say you trust God if you don't know who He is. Do you know who God is? You know the parts that are amazing? Even though you really don't know who God is, God's desiring you. And He is desiring to have a relationship with you. But some of you are so stinking prideful in what you're chasing after. He keeps calling you. He keeps chasing after you. He keeps pursuing you. And you keep saying, God, no. Not in high school. No, I just want to be that, that close Christian. All right? The one that's de- that makes you decently popular, makes you decently your parents think you're a good person. That's what I want right now, God. I don't want all in. Okay? I'm picking and choosing right now. Okay? I choose to trust you on Wednesday night. I choose to trust you on Sunday morning. Maybe on Monday. But Tuesday's mine. And Saturday night's mine. And what I do in between is my time. God's desiring a relationship with you. He's chasing after you. You need to stop. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to do the last analogy because I think this is really cool. Okay, um, let, let's use some people. Okay, uh, Kate, dog, you want to help me out, big dog? Slime, slime. Because yes. right, I did that whole bird thing last week, and I was going to make a bird <laughs> reference. That's why I did the sparrow, but it's okay. All right, so Kate, I need Kate here, and then I need um, we'll, we'll do some other people. We'll go with Kyla Bean. We'll go Kyla Bean also. Everyone's going to have a nickname when you come up here. All right, and um, who wants to be God? Oh, oh, why'd you want to be God like Brennan that? Like, like, all right, no, I'm kidding. All right, all right, all right, no, no, okay, so call you, who wants to be God? Someone new, someone new. Brennan, Brennan. Brennan. Brennan wants to be God. All right, Brennan is God. All right, Brennan is God. If we're in this analogy, oh, please, please don't take that, all right? I'm going to have to edit that out of the recording. Okay, so here we go, God. I need you to move over here. All right, remember, God would never do this because he can't take advice from anybody. Okay, but okay, God, stand here, okay, good? All right, listen, all right, now look, I'm, I'm treating God the way that we treat God, okay? Already. And I literally, all I have to do is get him to hear. Okay, I know that's really goofy, but I've already treated God the same way that we say we believe in him. God here. Okay, God would never take counsel from me. God would never take advice from you. There's nothing you can teach God. That's you got to understand. So if there's nothing you can teach God, you need to know who He is. You need to learn who He is. He's the only person that will never change. He's the only person who is sovereign. That is why it's important to know Him. Because when your feelings change, His never does. And when you don't feel like it, His promises still stand true. Okay, good. Thank you for listening to me, God. But God right here. God will listen to you. Okay, all right. So here we go. God, God's listening. Okay, all right, so God here is pursuing Kyla. How did God pursue Kyla? By sending his son to die on the cross for you to reconcile. Right? Because sin has caused his division. But guess what? God is still desiring Kyla. And here's the part that's crazy. God is pursuing Kyla. And Kyla is so focused on pursuing Kate. 
and Kate keeps running over here. And God is saying, God is saying, Kyla, 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 no, keep chasing Kate. You're never looking at God. You keep chasing. Go ahead and go out the room. Y'all come back when y'all want to. Okay, keep chasing, keep chasing. All right, good, good, good. Okay, come back. Oh, they took a detour. Wow, okay, look, I was shocked by that. God wasn't. All right, keep going. Okay. All right, good, good, good. All right, so come, come, come. All right, we're going to stop right here. Let me draw the last parallel here. Thank you, God. Oh All right, so here's part that's crazy. God never stopped pursuing Kyla, but Kyla never stopped pursuing Kate. So, what does God do sometimes in your life? He takes Kate away. And you know what we do? We look for the next thing to chase. And God's been doing this. Hey, hey, turn around! Three years you chased! Turn around! But what do we do? It's gone. Oh, look, shiny. Okay, is that not what we do? Okay, we're going to sit down. Okay, is that not what we do? Thank you, God. Thank you, thank you. Okay, all right, listen, listen. It's really, really goofy when you think about it. But we chase and we chase and we chase. And then when it's taken away, we sit and we sulk. And then something else pops up when we chase and we chase. And then we take it away. We sit and we sulk. But God never stops chasing after you. So the final point I have to, have to make to you is when are you just going to let God take your life? When are you just going to trust in Him? He's doing all the work. Turn your head around. He's done it all. Trust in Him. But you can't do that if you know Him. And you can't trust in Him and pick and choose when you want to. And you can't base your trust on feelings. You want to know why you don't trust God in difficult times? Because you never trusted God in the easy times. You don't trust God in the difficult times because you didn't even trust Him in the easy times. So what we'll do now is we...